morning. I haven't been this excited before in my whole life. Amen. Not because Michigan's in the playoffs. Anyways. But the reality is, is God is doing something very unique. And today is going to be a day of deliverance. Today, you're going to experience something that is greater because you know what it's about. When we hear the word deliverance, a lot of times it's like, what does that mean? That's spooky. That's weird. No, it's not. It's what God planned from the beginning to deliver you from any type of demonic oppression, any type of emotional oppression. God wants to deliver you today. And as we understood that that day has already started, and we're going to see the culmination of it this morning. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you are doing at Valley Community, for everybody that is watching online. Lord, in Jesus' name, let our homes, our church be free in Jesus' name. And we give you honor for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to uh, talk about being set free. We began a series called I Am Free. And in this series, we have learned many spiritual aspects. We've learned about the spiritual warfare that we walk in and that we have already won through Jesus Christ. Today, if you let me, I am going to lead a prayer of deliverance at the conclusion. If you allow me, and now you're going to learn as I'm teaching today what that means by me saying that you will allow me, that you will hear the truth that brings freedom in our lives, the actions that we are to take the spiritual authority that we are to take in our lives for this to happen. You see, we have been uh, deceived in a little bit in the church all around the world is that there's got to be some type of uh, great worship, great prayer, giving of our tithe, doing all the churchy stuff, and then have some powerful, anointed, spiritual, wonderful person up front that knows how to pray, and because they know how to pray, then you will be free and you will be delivered, and deliverance will take place. Well, let me tell you, I'm just like you. I'm a child of God, born of God, and I have believed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and I'm just a human, just like all of you. But the reality is when you understand your identity, you understand who you are, you recognize what God has done through the cross for you, you know who God is, and you know who you are, then you will begin to walk in a deliverance and a freedom that you've never experienced before. And that's been the plan of this series, and that's the plan of God today, that deliverance is for today in your life. Freedom is a journey. It's also a lifelong journey. So remember, 
From this series, we learn freedom involves discipleship and deliverance. Pastor Jack Hayford said, you, can dis- you cannot disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. I'll say it again. You cannot disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. But it's both deliverance and discipleship. Many people do not get free from bondage. We learned in this series because they believe they can't be in bondage because they're born again. That's a deception. Also, this terminology of casting out demonic influence, it's not spooky or a spooky way of Christianity. Literally what it is, is standing in the power of the name of Jesus Christ and walking in this deliverance. We also learn then you need to train your mind to think differently. Our minds thought a certain way before Christ and after Christ. Our minds need to be transformed, renewed, as Scripture says. We'll talk about this. And because it is renewed, then our actions change. Our character changes. So now I'm going to give you four keys in being set free. And I want you to understand that this is one of the most important messages you're going to hear because it's going to open the door for you to walk in absolute freedom of those things that abound you. Curses, family curses that manifested. We touched on that in this series. All these things that that you may think, well, it's because of this, that influence no longer will have a place in your life. You no longer will have to walk in that and then accept, well, that's just how life is for me. You don't have to accept what life gives you. I want you to accept what God gave you, his purpose for your life today. So let's go over these four keys in being set free. The first one is recognize that you need help. In Luke 15 is a story of the prodigal son. Now, we don't have time to go over the whole chapter, but in Luke 15, verse 17, it says, when he, the prodigal, came to his senses, in other words, he recognizes that he needed help. He came to his senses. His thinking changed. So the question is, How many believers today, watching online, listening later on in the podcast, how many of you are born again, going to heaven, but on this earth, you're living in a pig pen? You're eating out of a pig pen. It's not who you are. It's not what God has planned for you but you have acquiesced to a deception that this is the life that you're going to have to lead unless God, by somehow, some way, thinks, well, maybe now I'll change you. 
God has already done that on the cross. We've already understood that in this series. In 43 years, almost 44 years of ministry, I have learned the only people that cannot be set free are people who won't admit they have a problem. They won't admit that they have a problem. Their belief system is skewed. Their belief system is, in reality, like Jesus Christ never did anything on the cross. What he did, shedding his blood, taking stripes on his back, raising again on the third day in victory, that was just for somebody else. That's not really for me. That that's something that maybe will work for me. And you look at me, excuse me, and you're watching me, and, and you're literally looking and saying, <clears throat> excuse me, pastor, you know, I, I don't think I think that way. And I'm saying to you, we all need help to change our thinking of who we really are, of what God has really done, who God really is. God is so faithful to his word in every aspect. And when he did that, if you were the only one, I've said this cliche before, if you were the only one that was here on this earth in sin, he would have died for you. Because he has a specific purpose for you. And the only way that I or all of us can fulfill that promise he's given us is to be able to walk in freedom. So we need to recognize that we need help. But let's not spend a lot of time on this point because I believe that we all have humbled ourselves under the mighty hand of God and we know that we all need help. The second thing I want to show you, uh, key, is to repent to God and others. If you want freedom... Not only that you need help, there needs to be a repentance to God and to others who are close to you. Once you recognize you need help, you must repent. Luke 15, 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, this is the prodigal, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So let's talk about repentance now because, again, um, the, the enemy's ploy is to bring confusion and deception in every doctrinal spiritual issue of life. Everything in the Word of God, he wants to bring confusion. Remember we talked about with, with Adam and Eve. Has God really said? to bring doubt on the word of God. So let's clarify, when Scripture talks about repentance, what real repentance is. And I want to tell you, most of us think repentance is a certain thing. And I want to tell you right off the bat, before I tell you what it is, that it's not. The way we've been taught in most circles, Christian circles, We've been taught wrong 
what true repentance really is. So let's talk about repentance that needs to be understood. Repentance and confession are not the same thing. Repentance includes confession. But we need to understand repentance is the key word here. The prodigal son confessed his sin, but let me say it this way, but you can confess your sin and still not repent. Follow my thought. You can say, yes, I did it, and sorry I did it, but not really repent. So we need to understand what the word repentance means because, again, there is a lot of wrong teaching today on repentance. And I'm going to clarify it for you. Why? It's because today is a day that we're going to see deliverance in our lives, true deliverance. The word repentance is what is called a compound word, which is one word made up of more than one word, two or three words. So repentance in the Greek New Testament is the word metanoia, metanoia. We're talking about repentance, which includes confession, but we need to understand true confession doesn't happen until there's right revelation understanding of true repentance. The word meta means change, and the word noia means mind. So in other words, repentance is a changing of the mind. A changing of the mind. Repentance means that you change your mind. Now, repentance, it's not that you just change your mind about your sin, but you change your mind about yourself also. Repentance includes that you're changing of what you do, but true repentance comes because there's something that is changed on the inside of you that produces right action. All right? Now, let's keep going, and we're going to simplify this. But God is not someone up in the clouds wanting to slap you around the moment you do wrong. Because I want to tell you, we all, at times in our life, do wrong. Even though our heart is right. Repentance is a process that Christians daily continue to live with a repentant heart. In other words, your life and my life on a daily basis, we continue to change the way we think. Life will deal you dirty. Life will bring tribulation. But it says, be of good cheer again, that that God has overcome the world. But you must understand is that repentance is a lifelong journey. There was a apostle prophet who used to say, have you repented yet today? Every day he would talk about that. His name was Smith 
Wigglesworth. And because he understood what repentance is. When people hear repentance, they're thinking that, you know, well, I didn't sin today. All right, so let's, let's go on. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, renewing the mind is literally a repentance or a changing of the mind. And you get in the Word of God. There's many aspects of spiritual aspects, discipleship, that you use to be able to help you change your mind to the truth of the Word of God. So people say to repent means to turn from sin. It's not what the word means. It includes turning away from sin if you're in sin. But let me say this to you. If you're in sin and you change your mind, you automatically turn from that sin because you've changed your mind. So true repentance is changing of the mind. When people think repentance is just confessing a sin, you haven't changed your mind about that sin, just the knowledge of what the Word of God says, and that it's wrong, you confessed it, and then what happens? We face it again. We keep doing the same thing. In other words, we're in bondage to areas in our life because we haven't repented, truly repented. Now, some of you are, are going crazy with your thinking, especially online. And you say, well, what do you mean, that I'm not born again? That's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking about that. The confession of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're born again. But you still have this flesh, you still have this soul that, that you are battling because why? It, you haven't changed your mind. The mind, the will, and the emotion. And the only way for true repentance to manifest is to change your mind. The Hebrew word for repent means the same thing. It means to change your mind, and the word was used by God or what God did. So let me just tell you this. Scripture tells us that God repented. And if you're thinking repentance is about sin, God has never sinned. So the, the translators of the Old Testament, when it said God repented, they changed the word in a lot of the Bibles. They changed scripture that said when God repented, they changed it to God relented. That someone must have prayed long enough for God to finally go, Okay, I'll do it. If we think that, we don't know our God, who is gracious and desirous of taking you to greater heights than you've ever dreamed. God relented from the harm he was going to do, they say. But this thought, well, God can't turn from his sin, it doesn't mean turn from your sin. It means to change your mind. God changed his mind. 
Have you ever changed your mind about something, but it wasn't sin? You've changed your mind. God changed it. So let me explain. God never changed his, watch this, God never changed his character, but he changed his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we need to change our mind to God and change our mind towards others. The prodigal went to his father and repented to his father. He changed his mind about himself and about life and about family, and you can name the different aspects of what went on in this story of the prodigal son. He changed his mind. He repented. He didn't relent. Okay, I spent all my money. Now it's rough. It's too bad for me. I'll just go to be with my dad, and I'll just be a slave. Well, no. He's a son. And the enemy wants you to think, well, you know, God, if you just get me through this, I'll just do whatever. No, don't do whatever. Do what he's called you to be. And you got to understand his call in your life and his anointing over you will, will not change. He has already proclaimed it before the foundation of this earth of who you are and as a son or a daughter of God. That's what we need to understand, true repentance. So we need to change our mind about our sin and in discipleship, change our mind. See, it's an action that we take. It's a lifelong journey. When we announce OSL, oh, I don't need that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, I don't have time for that. Yeah, you do. You want to change your mind? Get in discipleship. Well, you, you know, the, the, the men's ministry, they have this and Bible study, but I, I work all week long. I don't have time. Yeah, you do. You want to have true repentance in your life? Be discipled in the Word of God so you can change your mind in the truth of the Word of God. That's what it is. Hmm. Let me show you how important point two is. Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Amen. But, Pastor, you don't know what they did. You change your mind of who God is, and you change your mind of people. And I'm going to say it this way so you get a clearer picture of it. You love people in spite of them because you are a lover of people. You don't allow other people change who you are, because you know God, and if you know his ways, you walk in his ways, and no one can change who you are in spite of what they've done, good or bad. Amen. And that's, that's what it takes. For us, it's a true repentance. You begin to think the way God thinks. When we repent, we change our mind to think the way God thinks. He says, if you... If you want to get right with me, go get right with your brother, brother first, then come get right with me. Now, 
Some of you say, well, I've tried that and they were worse. They treated me worse. You're changing your mind and you do what you're supposed to do. You can't control other people's actions. Amen. I know this sounds so like muddling. The reality is, in James 5.16, it says, confess your trespasses to one another. One translation says faults, and another says sin. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So in, in essence, we come in here, there's no one more righteous than another person in this room. I'm going to say this, because of the work of the cross. Righteousness is based on the work of the cross, Righteousness is not based on your actions. Now, you may live righteous more than other people. You may not allow other things because you have changed your mind. You've repented. You're walking in this way. You're walking in discipleship, and, and you get to that place. But you've got to understand that we all need help, and we all need to move into this realm of that confession and when you confess, it's because you've changed your mind, not because it's the right thing to do. The word for healed here, that you may be healed, uh, means to be free from the errors of sin. In other words, the error of sin, in most cases, is being offended. Why do you think the world is just telling everybody you need to be offended? Because it's a deception of the enemy to bring you into a place of bondage that you can't walk in the fullness of God and what he's called you to be. Now think with me this. Think about an area of your life that's been a bondage to you. How many times have you confessed it to God and say, you will never do it again? But you do. Why? Because you confessed it, there wasn't repentance. You didn't change your mind about it. Repentance is confess it not only to God, but those close to you. The prodigal went to his father. You need to confess sin, of course. If you're married to your spouse, confess it. If you have, are in a relationship, be accountable to people, brother to brother, sister to sister. Spiritual authority, a mentor, an elder in the church, a pastor. But let me just tell you this. It's a lifelong journey, and even though pastoral office, eldership, shepherd elders, teachers, are important in the body of Christ, they're just as important as you. And so when you as a body of Christ relate to one another and you draw on friendship and relationship to one another, you're able to talk with one another and really express these things. Now, let me just tell you, sometimes uh, someone will abuse that. But I would rather walk in true repentance and walk in the fullness of God than to be afraid of everything, be afraid of confession, be afraid of this type of relationship. And I don't need a mentor. Let me tell you, the church, 
The enemy wants you to be alone, lonely in your spiritual walk too. And we have to move into that realm. COVID and the shutdowns tried to separate us. And let me tell you, it separated us from 43% of the congregations around the world. It is a ploy of the enemy. And in Jesus' name, I come against uh, spiritual wickedness and I say no longer is that that concept, that deception will be a part of our lives. That we will gather together and we will begin to see the power of God move like no other day we've seen. Because why? This is the year of breakthrough and the decade that's coming. We are going to see greater things than we've ever done. All the chaos that the enemy has put out there, all the, all the chaos, I'll say it, Marxism is out there, that all that chaos that they're trying to bring so that you don't change your mind correctly, that you're always afraid and angry and bitter at something, that you begin to rise up and you begin to be that man, that woman that God's called you to be. Let's just go a little bit deeper now. Again, repentance, you confess it not only to God, but those close to you. When you confess that sin, we must change our mind and bring it out into the light because Satan works in darkness. Satan works in darkness. If you really want to get free, Bring it out in the light. So repent to God and others. Here's the third. Renounce the lies of Satan. Every bondage in life begins with a lie. Every one of them. In every bondage, there is a lie that you believe. That you believe the lie. Yeah, I know Scripture says this, but this has happened to me, and I just feel like this is just what God wants for my life. That is a bunch of hooey. You put in another word if you want. You need to renew your mind and change the way you think so you get out of the lie. When the lie begins to come, in, come at you and you feel lesser than, you feel worthless, you feel like you can't do it, I want to tell you, you got to change your mind. Luke 15, verse 25 through 28, speaks of the older son. Watch this. We're always talking about the prodigal son. I want to tell you, the older son was in worse shape. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. I'm working. I'm tired. I'm dirty. I need a shower. It's not what it says, but basically that's where he was. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he, the older brother, was angry and would not go in. 
Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. Now let me tell you why the older son acted the way he did. Because he believed in a lie. Notice the absolutes that the older son gives. Have you ever been in an argument and the person you're arguing with says, well, you never do that. And you know, I just did that last week. But their mindset, they're so angry and bitter that they're blinded of what truth is. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your command at any time. Notice the absolutes. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. The older son just stated emphatically two lies. The first one, I never transgressed your commandment. That is the number one lie because the older son was not Jesus. There's none of us that have not transgressed. The other lie He said, you never gave me a goat. Now, here's what the enemy does, because if we don't read Scripture and are discipled and taught and really study, we'll miss one word, and we will totally be confused about what was being said in the story. So let me show you the one word in a moment. Go back to Luke 15, 12. And it says, and the younger of them said to his father, the prodigal, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the father, he divided to them his livelihood. Notice divided to them his livelihood. Notice the word, I'm saying it again, the word them. And he is the older son, the firstborn. In those days, they received twice as much. So when he gave the the inheritance to the prodigal, he gave the younger prodigal a third and then turned around and gave the older two-thirds. And he said, you never gave me a goat, no I gave you two-thirds of everything that I had. But now notice, third and two-thirds equals a whole. It is a story of Father God. So let's go on. The Father is thinking, I haven't given you a goat I've given you everything you needed. That's how deceived when we get into our emotional uh, stuff and we become angry and bitter and frustrated with life. But we think we've done everything right. You know, we, we go to church and you know what? We need to go to church. I need to go to church. You know, I meet with people every week who are spiritual, and we talk about spiritual things, and I'm ministered to by them. 
Why is that? Because I'm human and I need discipleship just like you do. And you need discipleship like I do. Because it's a lifelong journey. Verse 31 of Luke 15 says, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. See, God will never leave us nor forsake us. This story is not just the prodigal who is proud and wanted to go out and sow his oats and all the different. It's in that story. This story is not just that. It's a story of the older son who is bitter and allowed deception to happen. And he's thinking, I've never been in bondage to anything. And he is literally more bondage than his younger brother. All right? So the story is, no matter where you're at in bondage, God has delivered you and God's plan and purpose will prevail if you will change your mind of who God is and who you are. That's called deliverance. The, the, let me just say it this way. It is the response or the residual of a spiritual deliverance that comes through revelation, through discipleship and repentance, understanding and changing our mind. So church, as long as you are with Father God, all he has is yours. No matter where you've been, what bondage you've been in, what deliverance will do is bring you to the forefront of what God has given you. It's all yours. And as I'm talking, and I, I studied this months ago and wrote this out, the Holy Spirit was talking to me and saying, what I will do on this day is open, is open the eyes of my sons and daughters. And I will show them in their heart, in their spirit, in their mind, who I really am. God is a gracious Father who has planned an inheritance through Jesus Christ who won the victory. The victory has been won. The only difference is we have to change our mind to the place where we understand and the revelation of that is real and that is repentance. That is living a repentant life, changing our minds on a daily basis to who God is, what he says, what he's planned, and who you are. And you are very special to God. Many Christians are the older brother. Jealousy, envy, strife, bitterness. 
Again, the older son was just in bondage as a younger son. In society today, that is a lie that is destroying our society. You are watching society, the United States of America, our neighborhood, our schools, our businesses, our jobs, turning into this reality of jealousy, envy, strife, bitterness, offense, different things, which in turn removes the reality and the fulfillment of what repentance does, and it destroys in individual lives everything God wants to do. But church, not again with us. In the midst of the chaos of this world, in the midst of the chaos of your life right now, true repentance will come because you'll change your mind and you'll begin to walk out of this bondage and you will be delivered and there will be powerful things that God will do in and through your life. And it starts today. This is the day. Other people are the favorite is a lie. You are God's favorite. Amen. You are God's favorite. I got eight grandkids. They're all my favorite. But when an individual is with me, they think they're my favorite. Watch this. This is how people think. Okay, remember the the psychological stuff of the older child, the middle child, the younger child, the lost child, whatever whatever they are. Here's here's the thinking. I'm the oldest child, so, so I need to control things. You're in bondage to controlling. I'm the youngest child. Everything revolves around me. You're in bondage to selfishness. I'm the middle child. I don't know who I am. You're in bondage to deception. You've been adopted, church, into a new family. It's a family of God. Father God is dad. And you must understand that no matter how you grew up, what happened in your childhood, what happened last year, You are a son or daughter of God. And when this is revealed to you, true repentance, the changing of the mind will come. You will do a 180 and you will begin doing the things that God's called you to do in such a unique and great way because you're gifted and you're God's favorite. The family of God. You're a child of God. You're born again by the word and power of God. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're seated in heavenly places. He has put all things under your feet. You have been given all authority over the enemy. You're more than a conqueror, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's you. That's us. That's how we live our lives. If you're going to get free, you must renounce the lies of the enemy. Listen to how you talk. I remember my sophomore year, 
in uh, Bible college. They wanted us to have a recorder and record everything that we say during that week. And then write down the things that are scriptural and the things that are not. Now, let me just tell you, because I knew I was being recorded, I was about to say something, but I didn't say it. But I was honest. I wrote down my thought. And my thought wasn't true repentance. My, my mind was not in line with what the Bible says God is and what the Bible says I am. No matter how young you are or how old you are, we all need to renounce the lies of the enemy. Here's the fourth, and we'll conclude with this. Receive the gift of the Father. You want to walk in true repentance and true deliverance? Receive the gift of the Father. Luke 15, says, But the Father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet. I'm going to show you what those three things mean. The robe represents the robe of righteousness. Isaiah 61.10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord, and I rejoice in my God, for he has clothed me in the garments of salvation and arrayed me in the robe of righteousness. That is the work of the cross, the work of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are clothed. If you're going to be set free, you have to receive, here it is, forgiveness. If you're going to walk in true deliverance, you must walk in true forgiveness. It's from the cross by Christ's work, not yours. There are too many Christians today, they're trying to be spiritual so they could be forgiven. Our righteousness was as filthy rags. Jesus Christ had to come and give us his righteousness. So if you are born again, you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have that righteousness. You are forgiven. Just say this to yourself. I'm forgiven. Let's talk about the ring. The ring represents spiritual authority. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, which represents demonic spirits or demonic influence, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Church family, we have to receive the gift of authority from the Father. Amen. There is no enemy in hell that has authority over me. If I have changed my mind in true repentance and I'm walking and thinking correctly, the enemy cannot deceive me, the enemy cannot come in and lie to me, and I believe a lie. Why is that? Because I have spiritual authority. You have spiritual authority. And so in a moment when I pray for you, when we pray for you, I want you to understand, there is no demon in hell can stop the deliverance that will take place today.
It's a done deal. Let's go to the third one. And then we're going to pray. I call it the shoes of power. The gift of power is not something. See, a lot of people, they talk about, oh, the power of God and walk in that. And, and then you're still facing the same stuff. How come you're not winning? Because you're thinking wrongly about this. The power of God is not something. The power of God is someone. And let me introduce you to the someone, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, what God is saying, the power you have is to defeat the works of the enemy because he's been defeated already. And those around you that you love, those that you meet all around this world will become born again because you are walking in that power. And when you uh, witness to people, that power moves and it changes their mind. What's it change your mind to? It's same thing that happened to you. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you change your mind about God, of who he is. He's your savior, salvation. So here it is. That's you. You're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you. And the gentleman I asked if you'd come on up, if you'd come on up on the platform, please. It's a representation of pastoral staff, representation of church council, and representation of shepherd elders, spiritual authority that's in the body of Christ. And I'm going to ask them just to be praying and agreeing with me uh, for you. Now, I today... I'll have you stand in a moment. Today, I, I'm not binding any enemy. I'm getting rid of them. I want you, uh, church family, right now, the enemy is going, no, 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 it can't happen. You, you're not, remember what you did yesterday. Remember, I can't. All right? Tell the enemy, and I'm just going to be very, Detroit, I was born in Detroit. <laughs> Tell the enemy, shut up. Or you're going to knock him out. Amen? He's going to be around, but the difference is true repentance, which brings deliverance, is that you've changed your mind of who God is and who you are, and that Satan has zero authority to keep you in bondage. Zero. Let's all stand. Because I'm, I'm a pastor that does church as a team, I'm going to ask the guys to come up and just be right with me. It's not this Pastor Gary and a few people behind me and supporting me. This is, this is spiritual authority of the body of Christ, representation of all the you know, the many, many of you that walk in that in our church. This is, the, this is the power anointed of the Holy Spirit 
These guys are anointed of the Holy Spirit. They have flesh just like all of you, but they have been recognized as those people that have truly repented and have changed their mind. And they live this life, not perfectly, not perfectly, close, but they live in the perfect one. His name is Jesus Christ. Now I want you to recognize what's happening here. I sense the Holy Spirit right now. I want you to understand, he is so joyous right now because he has released this revelation to you. And now as I pray, this is going to manifest. Don't judge it by what happens tomorrow. But judge it by true repentance. You've changed your mind. Some of you might have thinking, oh, I got some problems at work and stuff and everything, and, and you go to work on Monday and it seems like it's worse. Don't judge it by that. You have victory. You no longer are in bondage to that chaos. Amen? You are no longer in bondage to that family member from Detroit that's a jerk. But you see it the way God sees it. One day they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if they're a Christian and they're a jerk, one day they'll come to true repentance. Amen. That's where it's at. That's why, you know, the church has got to get out of this anger and insecurity and we need to see God as who He is and see ourselves. It's not personality traits. It's who God is. You ready? I'm going to ask you um, just a reality of when we pray to go ahead and just raise your hands and just receive it, but also begin to walk in and take your spiritual authority. And we're going to begin to pray. These guys are going to pray in tongues. They're going to, they're going to pray however the Lord leads them. But I got the microphone, and you're going to hear my voice. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the revelation of the freedom because of the work of the cross. Lord, I thank you that this true repentance is that we've changed our mind. Outside these four walls, things might look different or worse, but in Jesus' name, inside our skin, inside our life, our soul, we've changed our mind. We've changed our will. No longer will we believe the lies of the enemy. And we now free that up. I proclaim over every individual home. Divorce is no longer a part of that home. I thank you, Lord, that sickness and disease, heart ailments, diabetes, whatever it is, is no longer a part of that home. In Jesus' name, we are healed physically, emotionally. And now, Satan, I renounce your lives. You, Satan, have been revealed to the church. 
And now in Jesus' name, just go ahead personally, just do it. I literally say to you, leave in Jesus' name. No longer that bondage, no longer that deception. We do not believe your lie. Matter of fact, Satan, you can't tell the truth. You only lie. You are the father of lies. And in Jesus' name, I rebuke you by saying, you go. Loose every person now. Take your filthy hands off of them. And Father, I thank you that you've given us the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, it's now clean. And now reveal that truth. Father, I thank you. You will instill, as we taught in this series, to everybody here. After this moment, fill our hearts and our minds with the Word of God and the way God speaks. Run to church every time it's open. Run to Bible studies. Run to be discipled. Go to OSL. Church family, walk in this newness of this revelation. And right now, we can say this, because it's done spiritually, I am free. Go ahead and say that. I am free. Say it again. I am free. Amen. Give the Lord applause. Okay. I know I'm taught. I'm a teacher. And I got three minutes before 1130. See, 1127. Y'all can look. I know. Now, you're the spiritual one. You're cleansed. You lay hands on the sick. They recover. You lead people to Jesus Christ. Amen. You go. You walk in that authority, that spiritual authority. And when we come together as a church, we'll respect the, the and honor the pastoral and shepherd, elder of the council, all the different people, many of you, we respect you too. It's not a hierarchy. It's a church, a family. But you dive into this. Let's do this together. Let's love one another. Let's walk in this and let's multiply ourselves tenfold. Every one of you, you lead ten people to the Lord. Bring them to church. Or send them to a church closer to their home. Whatever it is, you multiply yourself because right now you're free. There is no hindrance at all of you doing the will of the Lord. Because why? True repentance. You've changed your mind. Next week, you see these kids up here? There's a bunch more. And they're fun. And they're going to be ministering. Invite all your friends and family as we come and support our young people, amen? Our children, we need to do that. God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.